Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back to the Mind and Body Podcast. Today I have Anchi, fitness instructor in Brooklyn, New York. And I'm so excited because usually how I meet most of the people that I interview is through social media. And I actually met Chi in person first, which is nice. Um, I was planning a workout gathering with my cousins for us to try to reconnect and doing what I love most, which is moving my body. And she happened to be our instructor. She totally vibed with me and my cousins and just helped create an awesome atmosphere. Chi, welcome to my podcast. Thank you, Nadia. Thank you so much for having me. I am so, so, so excited. I'm so excited to have you. And, and, and I liked how, you know, we stayed in contact after the class and just, I felt like there was like a connection and just really good energy that that you offered when you're teaching and post-workout and everything. So I really want to share with everyone who you are and what you do. Perfect. Um, And I love you too. And please shout out your cousins when um, you (laughs) see them next. Um, Well, everyone, my name is Chinamara Irobolem McGrath, but I do go by Chi for short. And I'm a Brooklyn-based fitness instructor. And um, I'd say my fitness journey has taken a lot of twists and turns, but I've always been drawn to fitness and to movement. Um, As long as I can remember going back to like high school, I ran cross country in the fall. I did winter indoor track and spring outdoor track and just started going to the gym to work out during my studies in college. Um, I am a first generation um, Nigerian American. My parents came to the US from Nigeria in the 1970s. So in college, I got into West African dance as a way to reconnect with my roots. And I loved it and got better at it and decided to start auditioning and was able to dance with uh, Harambe Dance Company back in 1999 for about four years. And then I kind of took a trajectory again and switched gears, rediscovered running um, and joined the Prospect Park Track Club in around 2006. Ran and trained with them for almost a decade, started doing longer distances, loved the longer distances and am proud to say that I am a proud New York City Marathon finisher 2010. Oh my God, that's amazing. I'm sorry I didn't um, have to say that. Yeah, I, it's by far um, like among my greatest achievements. I mean, now let's be clear. It took forever, but you know what they say? 26.2 miles is 26.2 miles, whether you're first or you're in the back. So by far, bar none, amongst my greatest achievements. So um, you can't take that away from me. And I'm so proud of it. And I hang my medals in my in my apartment. Um, but, you know, fitness has really been a big thing for me. And I wanted to switch gears again and thought, maybe I can teach. Like, I love going to the gym. I love taking these classes. Why not get paid for it, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I decided to get my Schwinn certification and started teaching in earnest in 2016. And I haven't looked back. Um, looking into other certifications, I'm also Kukua certified. So I teach African dance workouts as well. And I'm thinking of doing a kettlebell cert once the world nice. reopens later this year. Nice. Love it. And I feel like, you know, okay, we touched upon, you touched upon a lot. So I have a lot of questions. Um, So like being the first born American, Nigerian American in your family and um, was it, 
because I just had a talk last night with another friend on IG Live, and we were talking about how cultural differences um, play a part in our lifestyle, right? And like how we Mm -hmm. view, how we eat, how we move our bodies and stuff like that. Do you feel like when you came here and you were doing running and all these groups and stuff like that, that that was something that your family understood? Or is it something that you had to explain to them? Was it something that they supported? Like, how did you like what what was that a hurdle for you or was it an eye opener for them um i would say the running the track running so in nigeria we're we're not long distance runners in nigeria we're more sprinters so the the longer distance running i did for like the marathon and stuff while i had the support like my mom represented hard nice. right on mile 8 you know she was like oh that's my daughter and it was yeah. just nice um, so I don't think they understood the idea of running for 26.2 miles, but <laughs> definitely nonetheless, very, very supportive. Um, the sprinting back in high school made a lot more sense because culturally that's just more what we're known for. Right. Um, and just with the African dancing as well, it made a lot more sense from a cultural perspective. Um, they've overall been extremely, extremely supportive. I would say the, um, the, the 26.2, it's like, but why? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. really supportive and I think it's so important like and I tell clients this students this that to have a good support system is key right like you know even yeah. if they don't really get what you're doing just as long as they support what you're doing is such a game changer for you to stay on track and want to pursue other things like you did the marathon then you got certified and then you got another certification and now you want another certification so I think it's so great that you have a great support system in place to help you do that. So when you got certified in spin, first of all, why spin? And how had how did that change your life? How did becoming now an instructor, being in front of the class, change your life? Um, I decided on spin because it was one of the group fit classes at the gym that I was really drawn to. Um, I love music, so it made a lot of sense. And then when my running days kind of waned a little bit um, because of knee injuries and overuse injuries, I wanted something that would combine the high intensity of running, but still have that lower impact that I think my knees needed at the time. Mm-hmm. And I did buy my bike. I have a bike, a road bike as well. Um, so it just, that for me made the most sense in terms of a transition based on what I wanted. I still craved that high intensity mm-hmm. and I find that it does that for me. So it made a lot of sense. Um, the music and the idea of just rhythm that comes from music also from an ancestral perspective made a lot of sense for me. So being able to design movement on a bike around music was something that inherently appealed to me. And um, I think when becoming an instructor, that truthfully, I got the certification and Nadia, I sat on it for a long, long, long time. I needed a real swift kick in the pants to really go out and and audition because there were self-imposed hurdles. Uh-huh. Those being, you know, I'm in my 40s, for example. Um, I am tall. I'm dark. I am a size 16. It's it's 
there were just things that in my mind, I was like, there's nobody is going to really, really relate to this. Why am I even bothering? Why don't I just continue to be in the audience versus putting myself out there as this woman who's not the prototypical looking fitness instructor? Why do that? So there were all these barriers for me that I really had to overcome. And it took literally a kick in my ass for me to just say, you know what, first of all, I wasted the money on the certification. <laughs> I want to do it. The, 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 the journey takes that first step. And, and I finally, after almost two years of sitting on the cert, finally went out and started doing it. Oh my and God, Chief, yeah, two years? It took almost two years for me to really leverage the, the, the Schwinn cert and go out and start auditioning. And um, yeah, uh, from there, I didn't look back. I mean, a lot of people were really, um, the places that I've taught were really drawn to the fact that I coupled the energy aspect that is so important to teaching, but coupled that with the fact that I knew what I was doing, despite the fact that I may not have looked prototypically like the cute younger blonde person, you know? Um, And, and, and I, 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 there's no real regret there. I do wish I had worked on it a little sooner, if I can be frank, because there is a space for people like me here. Oh my God. I just, that's what I just posted about last night. And that's what I just talked about on, on the IG live, like same thing with me, like, and I have so many questions, so we're going to get back to that in a second. But like, um, you know, when I took bar classes or Pilates classes, even, as an instructor or as a participant, I never see anyone that looks like me. And it's ridiculous because there's people like you, there's people like me. We do exercise, we do love all forms of fitness, but we're clearly underrepresented. And um, I don't know why. And I think more, I think we're doing the right thing, right? Like we're, we're getting in front of the class and we're being, yeah. we're breaking that barrier where people yep. can look in and be like, well, she's teaching, I can teach, you know? And so I hope, I think that that's where we're on the right track, but I want to ask two years is a long time. So what, and I, and like all the things you listed make complete sense. Um, It's, I don't know why the industry is like that, especially in New York city where you would think it'd be more diverse, but I think it's actually the opposite, especially for some of the well-known gyms. You don't really see a lot of diversity at all, not even just skin color, but body shape and everything, age, everything. So Mm -hmm. what, what in that two years pivoted for you? Like where you were like, you know what, screw this. I'm going to just go and audition. Like, was it a process? Was it just a light bulb went off? It was a couple of things. And um, I would also, also credit my husband. Um, You know, he, he was really instrumental in saying like, you love doing this. It is apparent. And if you go out and you audition, I think that that desire that you have and that love you have for fitness is going to manifest like people are going to see it i see it others will too Mm -hmm. do it like like the nike slogan just do it yeah and it took some time but it was definitely the i think he 
flipped the light bulb switch. And then it in turn lit another light bulb within me to just go out and do it. And, you know, as with life, it's going, some people are going to really, really resonate and other people it's not going to resonate with. So, and that's just life in general. Right. So you're not for everybody. I'm not for everybody. And it's like, and we can't, and I think that um, as new instructors, sometimes you take it personal, but like, you know, people have to find what works for them and you'll find your tribe. Your tribe will be attracted to you. And that's all that really matters, you know, and um, you're doing the best you're being you and like, you shouldn't be anybody else but you. And um, that's what attracts people to your class. Like I can tell, like I only took one class. (laughs) I can tell like (laughs) the energy and the connection and like the vibes that you have with your regulars is pretty cool. Thank Um, you. My next question during that two year spin, I mean, span of like not doing anything. What was your process once your husband was like, come on, you got this. Like, what was your process in determining where you want to teach? Interesting. You brought that up. So I thought I didn't know where I wanted to start. And so I had read a friend of mine, shout out to Jeannie, had sent me an article on the top um, spin studios in the city that had work study arrangements. I can't remember the source. I don't remember where the article was from, but I do remember going through that article and finding a studio called, at the time it was called Revolve in Union Square. Oh my God, I know Revolve. Yeah. And so I wrote to them and applied to do like their work study where in exchange for doing some work around the studio, I could take classes. And because of my work schedule at the time, I needed to take the early, early morning classes. So as I would get there at like quarter to six, help prep the studio for the, I think at the time the classes were at 6.30 or 6.45 classes. And so I would be able to look and kind of shadow instructors that way and then shower and get ready to go to work. So I did that for a little while and it just gave me an idea of what, um, teaching was what an idea of the class style, um, class designs. And I, I did that for maybe two or three months and was like, okay, that's enough. I don't want to have to go into Manhattan from Brooklyn so early in the morning anymore. Yeah. I want extra minutes of sleep. So, but that's how it really started getting familiar. And that also further, um, gave me the confidence to just go out and just do the auditions. Like all the people we see on the stage or all the people that you, um, that watch you, Nadia, in a class, we were all in the beginning at some point. Like we were all those audition and get into these studios. So um, I felt really empathetic towards them and just seeing them and taking their classes made it a lot easier for for me to do it. So I had to see others doing it first and that was my lead. That's great. And I think, oh my gosh, I love your attitude because most people like, especially like if they're not doing it straight out of college or, you know, you have this other great like big, full-time job like uh, I'm not doing any type of internship like that's beneath me type attitude um so I love that you were open to learn and I think that like shows that you have a real growth mindset like willing to get your ass up so early um to, (laughs) to figure it out you know and sometimes I think it's important that we should always keep learning and never think anything is better than us because like 
I'm sure you had a lot of takeaways from that that helped give you the confidence for your audition where you ever yeah. you ended up first. So where did you end up first? So I first auditioned at Bikeland where I am now teaching. And when I first went there, I was still a little rusty. I had the Revolve experience, but I didn't have any hands-on experience um, other than the certification. So they were like, we like you. We have this mentorship program. Um, maybe you just want to brush up a little bit. It's a couple of weeks. And yeah, why don't you consider that? And I thought, you know, because I had sat on my Schwinn cert for quite some time, a refresher would not be a bad thing. So right. um, I took their mentorship program and through them, I had opportunities to possibly get on their sub roster. And they also had connections to other studios in the city. So I started with their mentorship program. My first ever professional class for money was at a place called Elite Fitness down mm -hmm. in Carroll Gardens. Mm -hmm. And then um, through a friend at my corporate job at the time, um, she was an instructor at um, through Plus One Optum, um, which is part of the United Health Group. And they teach at the corp, uh, these are the corporate wellness centers at the banks and the law firms, et cetera. Um, through her, I was able to score an audition through Plus One. And my first regular classes were with Plus One teaching at various corporate sites throughout the city and in New Jersey. And then Get I, yes, <laughs> yes. And then from there, um, I was asked to join the full, complete, regular roster for Bikeland a few months after Plus One. So I would say in 20, late 2016, early 2017 is when things really started to pop off. That's awesome. Oh my God, I love that journey. Um, so with having a full-time job, I'm not sure how demanding it is and following your passion for spin, um, how have you, and being married, how have you been able to balance it all? Did you, did, was that like a learning curve or did it just seamlessly just click all together? It was a learning curve for sure. Um, yeah, it was a learning curve. I think time management is, has been very, very, very important. Um, fortunately for me, um, the classes that I do teach tended to be in the evenings. Okay. So it was just a seamless like, okay, go to the office, get that done, and then go teach. I think where the time management became more important was in the designing of the classes that I was teaching. Um, but to make life just easier for me and recognizing that my audiences at a dedicated fitness studio or a boutique fitness studio and at a gym or a corporate gym, the audiences differ, differ slightly. So to make my life easier, I started designing programs that would appeal to both of them, both sites or both types of sites versus trying to cater one particular playlist to one group on Mondays and then another one for Tuesdays, Wednesday. No, like that's, <laughs> I have a life, you know, outside of, of fitness, as much as I love fitness, but I knew I needed to be really in order to be as effective as possible, right. I needed to better manage my time. So the lists that I do design now, the, the the programs that I do design now, I think are ones that cater to a variety of audiences such that I can only, I only need to do one or two playlists a week versus one for each class, which is not effective. No. Oh my God. I know the struggle of the playlist and it's like, yeah. 
I can't. And nope. so I was trying to do that nope. too. And like some instructors, and I was like, how in the world do you have time? Like always had a new place. Like, so if they taught like five times a week, four times a week, it was a different playlist. Like every nope. week, I was like, no, I can't. I'm nope. not a DJ. I don't nope. have the time. I will nope. mix it up, but I can't do it that often. So I feel you on that. Um, no bandwidth. <laughs> so I, touching upon like what I said a little bit before about you having a growth mindset, how do you feel um, your mindset has changed? Because, you know, I'm all about movement and mindset. So I really like to tap it in, especially as an instructor, because you're inspiring others. How do you mm-hmm. feel before this journey of the marathon and um, becoming an instructor, how do you feel that your mindset has shifted or changed over the years? Like she before um, marathon instructor days and she now, like, would you say you're pretty similar or do you think that there's been a lot of growth there? I would definitely say there's a lot of growth. Um, I, I, my perspective is that for me, it's it, the movement has been the fact that I'm moving, the fact that I'm challenging my body trumps all. Yeah. I don't, I did not do the marathon with the idea of winning. Okay. <laughs> At all. All right? right. And I don't, and I do go into instruction between Kukua and through spin um, with the idea that I want to be the best instructor that I can be. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I want to be, there's just certain things that don't feel authentic to me. And I think part of that growth mindset is just knowing what you're capable of. Like I knew that I was capable of doing 26.2 miles for the marathon. So I did 26.2 miles of the marathon, giving it my best ass effort Mm -hmm. and knowing that I was going to get it done. I think the mindset of completion and doing my absolute best has been similar, but I also, I think that, um, I think that with regard to um, having to be something I'm not, I think that has changed. I think I know that if I'm authentically chi with whatever I do, then I can walk away head held high with however the thing came out. I love you that. I mean? Oh my gosh. If I'm authentically chi, that's awesome. And Thank I you. love that. And that's what I you know, strive to work towards with anyone that I work with because the comparison game is such a mental barrier. And I feel like once you're able to overcome that and really overcome it and like feel it, you know, um, you're, you're what you, what you're capable of is just like endless. So I think that's beautiful that you said that. Um, one, I I have so many questions. I didn't But I love what you said about not being the cookie cutter example in, you know, in the fitness industry. And like, this is something like, you know, I always like to try to advocate for as much as possible. Um, just going back a little bit, but I wanted to touch upon body positivity and yeah. like, ha- do you have any stories of, um, you know, someone that may have come in and took your class and, um, they, they look similar in shape or, you know, whatever. And like, they like they like you inspired them to embrace who they are where they are like you have any stories like that absolutely See, we don't have enough time for that sis. Um, <laughs> yes, we, absolutely so one of the things I don't know if I did it on the ride um that you and your family were at but 
One of the things that I emphasize in all of my classes is that if you have any questions, comments, concerns, look, music requests, anything, slide in my DMs. And people yeah. take it for real. Yeah. <laughs> and they do. And um, I always leave time um, after class too. I might linger about just if anybody has any questions. And I will tell you the the messages that I get in my DMs they make me cry and I wish I'd got to have them ready to read them out. I've had people who have had, who who struggled with disordered eating, for example, Mm -hmm. that were grateful to come into a ride of mine where I'm not emphasizing, Oh my God, if it doesn't burn, (laughs) like that kind of behavior. And there's a place for that. I want to make that clear. But for these people, this is the kind of instruction that they needed. Something that was motivating and effective, but didn't trigger them in that negative way. Yeah. With negative for them. Yep. And so I've had people come into my DMs and say, thank you. Thank you. The focus was not on the caloric, caloric out- output. The focus was on just moving your body in a challenging way to some good music and some motivating instruction. Thank you. I've had people, I had one woman who um, had just loved seeing a tall, dark skinned, big girl Mm -hmm. on a bike, moving, kicking Fanny, um, sweating and getting it done. And it was just so motivating for her. She's one of my regulars now. I love her to death. Um, I just DM'd her. She and I exchanged DMs just two weeks ago just to check on each other during the quarantine, but you know, it's, it's, it, there, there is, I have stories, but so many of them where I can, um, it, it, it just warms me to no end that, that, that what I'm doing has resonated with them. Again, I know it does not work for everybody. Um, but for those people that I've touched for those reasons, it warms me. It's the most rewarding feeling in the world, Nadia. And I know you can relate to this. Totally. It warms me to no end. Yeah. Okay. So remember, I'm having you back on. We're going to talk about body positivity when I have you back on because I feel <laughs> like this is such uncharted territory. Like, I think people are talking about it, but I like, how are they talking about it? And I feel mm-hmm. like as instructors, we could totally touch upon it in a different yeah. light than how it's really being put out there. So I really, I definitely want to do that. But I think it's mm-hmm. beautiful that um, you create that connection with your clients and personality is such a big part of that formula. And mm-hmm. um, I can relate on so many levels. And I feel that because you feel you're approachable, right? Like I didn't know mm-hmm. you from a hole in the wall, but you came right up to us and you hugged us mm-hmm. and you laughed with us. And I feel like <laughs> that helps get any, especially if you're new new to um, spin, any kind of anxiety or negative self-talk you might be having going on in your head, having someone mm-hmm. up front being loving who they are and embracing who you are is just oh, such a great class. Um, so thank you for what you do and thank you for setting a great example. And, um, before we go, please share with everybody where they can find you post pandemic now and what you're up to, if there's anything you want to share. 
Oh, sure. Um, before I do, I just want to say thank you again for the opportunity, Nadia. And I can't wait to see you in person and give you a really oh. big pandemic hug. <laughs> Super excited about that. Um, but that. in the meantime, um, I am not currently teaching um, at the moment as the studios and the gyms that I currently teach at are closed. Um, I am not doing online classes at the time, but looking forward to when everything reopens. And at that point, you'll be able to see me at uh, Bikeland, um, which is in Park Slope, Brooklyn, bikeland.com, B-Y-K-L-Y-N.com. Um, you can look for me on the schedule there. And if you want to follow me on social media, I am on Instagram and you can find me at a chi grows in Brooklyn. Get it? Like a chi, yeah. a tree, <laughs> a chi grows in Brooklyn. Very <laughs> grows in Brooklyn. Um, definitely give me a shout. Um, I'm very like I love responding to people. Like I get really excited about that. Um, so please, whenever you can, anybody listening, um, would love to hear from you. Thank you so much, Chi, and you be safe and blessed. And Thank I can't you. wait to have you back on. Thank you for being here today. Thank you, Nadia. Thank you again for having me. Take care and have a good one. Okay. You too. Bye.